The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Hey, bad bitches wanna be my bait. Hey, hold me down like the CIA. Hey, side of my car trying to see my face. Hey, want me to beat it like the CIK. Everybody, welcome one and all to Civil Diligence Politics Made Simple for the Everyday Millennial. I'm Siobhan Starling, and what is happening, people? I hope everybody is having a blessed and wondrous day, and uh, hope that you are staying cool out here in these streets. Pretty hot, and uh, let's get into it. One, I love to start my show off with disclaimers. I find that disclaimers just sets the tone about what to expect for the show. One, I curse. Two, I will mess up the English language like I probably just did there. Three, we won't always see eye to eye on our views, point of views, where we cross the boards of life or whatever but we can respect each other and we can go about party do whatever afterwards but we can always come here for a safe space to talk share ideas and our opinions about what's happening in the world four i'm in the kingdom that's my qualifications on speaking on these subjects on today and five things will probably change by the time i upload who knows the world could blow up but we're going to go with the punches and roll with it. So let's get into the show. Again, I like to start my podcast off or my shows off with things that I'm here for with this lovely segment. And things that I'm here for this week. The tie boys. Is it tie or is it thigh? It's tie. Tie boys. Is the tie boys being re- like released from and rescued from the cave? They've been underground for 17 days prior to being rescued earlier this week. And it was said that they survived off of dripping water, snacks, and meditation. They went into the cave to celebrate one of the boys' birthday. And I'm assuming or guessing that the cave was flooded. While they were in there, the oxygen levels dropped. It was a hot mess express. Eventually, Navy SEALs helped rescue the boys, and it was a good day. But I just want to say a few things on this. One, I would never. Two, I would never. And three, I would never. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Why are we going to the cave on my birthday? I guess this is something that they wanted to do. Hey, live life, joyous, all that stuff like that. But I would, you wouldn't catch me dead in no cave on my birthday. So hallelujah for the snacks that y'all brought because that helped y'all have food and stuff. But eh, no, never. I wouldn't. And then two, I wouldn't be the person to be stuck in a cave with. Like you would not want to be stuck in a cave with me. You wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with me. I'm extra without natural causes, without like destruction happening. I can only imagine when something detrimental happens in my life, like being stuck someplace that I have no control over. I I can't. I really can't. So me being stuck anywhere, like if you're ever stuck anywhere with me, 
where I can't breathe, where I feel like the walls are closing in and I'm stuck and I can't like leave. The best thing that you probably could do is knock me the hell out. So serious. This is not a game. This is not even a test. Knock me the hell out. Like I remember I got stuck in this spot for an obstacle course and I was livid I was just over the most wailing falling out it was a hot mess express so I already know if you want a peace of mind for your own safety and concerns knock me out because it just won't be a good time I will be dramatic all the way my blood pressure getting up your blood pressure getting up it just won't be a good time for anybody involved so just knock me the hell out and we can keep this moving until and wake me up when we're saved or let me know that these are their last moments of our lives and we're about to die and then knock me out again so I don't have to feel a mother loving thing because I just can't. I know me. I know my personality. I know my temperament. I just can't. So I give you permission to knock me the hell out. Good thing that they are saved and they can live their lives in the kingdom and keep it moving. Another thing that I am here for is winter. I The more that I am in these hot as hell temperatures, the more I appreciate being cold. You can add on layers. You really can't take off clothes in a business setting. There's only so much clothes that you could take off, especially when you leave the house with almost nothing on anyway. And since society says that we have to wear clothes because of public indecency, then, I mean, there's only so much that we can do. But that is not the main reason why I'm here for winter. The main reason why I'm here for it being winter is because I cannot take these honorable GPA gas prices. I am over it. I'd rather go back to the days where it took like $10 to fill up a tank. I'd rather it go back to the days where it didn't cost so much for gas. So I'm pretty over it. These prices are stupid and uh, it makes me want to walk, but you can't walk because it's so freaking hot outside. So we're just screwed all the way around. So these are the things that I'm here for this week. Next week will be a different list because I'm sure I'll be here for something else. So there are so many things that we could talk about this week in like the news, political news from... The Supreme Court justice being nominated, or we could talk about trade wars, we could talk about migrant children, we can talk about NATO, but since I like to keep my podcast short and sweet, well, short-ish and sweet-ish, we will have to talk about trade wars and NATO on a different day, because that can be a convoluted conversation in itself, so... I probably will want to talk about the Supreme Court pick. What does some of you all think about that? I'm curious on you all's thoughts. Me personally, I am a little bit over the talk about the Supreme Court nomination. I am up to hear about it because it's so extra. 
it really really is extra one i am over it mainly because the whole hoopla over it is just the most and two because unless there was like a tremendous scandal involved with the nomination in the past nobody really gave a shit Nobody was talking about, ooh, the next Supreme Court pick. Ooh, like this is a reality TV. Who was really talking about the nominations? I really didn't notice, and maybe that's just me personally. I never noticed when Bush and Obama was in office, their nominations being like the talk of the town. Of course, there, it's been mentioned in the news, and I could, you could find news clips on, oh, they're nominating the Supreme Court justice. Okay, great. But it wasn't to the pinnacle of we're giving a damn, like this is almost every other news story in America that's happening. And I find it just annoying to some degree. I mean, I only really paid attention to Sonia Sotomayor. I think I'm butchering her name, so sorry about that. And the only reason why I paid attention to her was because she was a woman of color and I was here for it. We don't have women in in power to begin with. So just seeing a woman and a woman of color, for that matter, in that position was very nostalgic for me. Let's put it that way. Can I also just do a sidebar? I'm looking up justices right now. And these justices are old as fuck. Like, nobody is reaching 90 yet. But good lord. Like, the oldest person, I know I mentioned this a few podcasts ago, is Ruth Ginsburg. And she's like 85. But everybody else is like following her with the exception of the last four. I'm like, even Clarence Thomas is 70 years old. It's not like he's a spring chicken. Sorry, tangent. It's a tidbit. I just wanted to put that out there for you all to know. But as I was saying, nobody was really talking about the whole justices like that until the Republicans blocked Obama's pick in 2016 and now that we have 45 in office trying to make this a reality show it seems like it's been a a more reoccurring conversation I also blame the media for this and I blame 45 because it's been a reoccurring topic about oh my god who's gonna be the pick who's gonna do this oh my god Who's going to reverse Roe v. Wade? It's been a mess and I'm personally over it. But at the same time, it's important to talk about it. It's important to know what is happening. But unless you haven't been paying attention to your phone clips, 45 announced his pick on Monday, last Monday, to replace Anthony Kennedy. And that person is Brett Kavanaugh. I actually looked at clips of his speech because I wasn't tuning in for the most of the announcement. But I did see clips the next day while I was at work. And I found the speech interesting. I did. But let's go into the most important question. Who the hell is Brett? He is an appeal court judge who worked in Bush v. Gore case back in 2000 with the whole case that was the recount um, in Florida. 
he is he worked in the Bush administration and he also did investigations into Bill Clinton. And the list goes on and on. He's been in Washington for a while. His resume is phenomenal actually i'm not even gonna shade the man he knows what he's doing and he has experience in the law so i'm not even going to shade him on his experience but more importantly i guess some of you all may be wondering was where does he stand on issues that we care about that's been in the media for the last few weeks well it's been in the media since 45 ran but it's been more of a pressing topic within the last few weeks since Justice Anthony Kennedy announced his retirement. Make no mistake, people, he's a conservative with conservative thought. He, in all of his rulings on the court cases he has heard, he leans on a conservative level. So it's interesting to me when he talked about his speech and he introduced himself to make it seem that he's not heartless, he's not inhumane. It was interesting to me. It was smart, I will say this. It was very smart on how he conveyed himself to the American people. He knows that America is hesitant. As a whole, America is hesitant about this pick. And they're curious to know where he's going to stand. And they, they're curious to know where does he fall. But he's conservative. So there's really not a, a guesstimate. There's no, like, hypothesis. He's conservative. That's pretty much where he falls on the line. And a lot of polls compare him to being the second most conservative justice on the Supreme Court next to Clarence Thomas. So that just gives you a little bit of a idea of where he falls. But let's talk about his speech. He starts off by saying that his mother is his greatest inspiration. She taught him the law. Like I am, I'm here for women. I have been a part of diverse settings. I am, I worked for Work for the Justice Elena Kagan, and she's very liberal. It goes on and on and on. And a lot of people kind of do this in a sense that, oh, I can't be against women's rights. I can't be against civil rights because I've done this, that, and the third. And it annoys me when people do this. It really does. And some people could have saw this as, oh, he's really, really trying I saw it as a way for people to, for him to slide his way into here, the saying that I can't be racist, I can't be against women's rights because I've worked here. That's like saying I'm not a racist because my friend Damien is black. And I'm sorry, sir, just because you are friends with Damien and you get invited to the cookout doesn't make you any less of a racist. It just means that you tolerate it, that, oh, this one's the exception to your overall thought and view. Your mom is the exception and your daughters are the exception. Your wife is the exception. All these people are the exceptions to your overall thought. You still don't believe in the fundamental foundation of Roe v. Wade or different types of court cases that are for women's rights in the respect of privacy of a woman's body. But only time will tell. It's not a secret that 45 picked somebody that 
aligns with his views. I also think he picks somebody to help him not get persecuted and not get go to jail for if he ever gets indicted for the Russian investigation. So he picks somebody that will help him out in the long run. I I do commend, I will say this, I'm Although I think that it was a bunch of baloney, personally, I think that I do commend that he went ahead and thought of that speech because regardless whether you agree with this or not, America is turning more liberal. It's not in the conservative light that we in traditional way that we once had back in our grandparents day and back in our parents generation we're turning more liberal whether you fall aligned as a conservative millennial or whether you fall in line as a liberal millennial america as a whole is turning into a more liberal thought because whether or not you are for certain issues you tend to you tend to go towards a more humane way of looking at things and believe that people should have at least basic human rights. People should have at least the right to marriage, the right to vote, the right to your own personal privacy of your body. It is that way. So he knows this. And although he has the vote in the Senate to get his nomination confirmed he knows America as a whole is turning more liberal so I thought that that was a good political move on his part I don't believe it but I believe that it was a good political move in retrospect to Roe v Wade we already know where he falls because again like I said 45 will pick somebody who has that thought who really does want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Let's put it this way. Why would a conservative Republican president pick somebody who is a liberal Democrat in a position that will help him out with following through his policies? Just saying, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I don't blame him. So just think about that. And the real question is, how is he going to sell himself to the senators? See, I don't know if anybody has noticed or ever watched like confirmation hearings for the people that work in the White House. They are very good, very good with avoiding the real questions. I'll give them that. If they know that that's going to put a nail in the coffin for them, they will avoid that crap. They're good at that. Why would you say, oh, I really want to reverse Roe v. Wade when a, there are a few senators, women senators in there, whether or not they're pro-life or not. Nobody wants you to come out blatantly and say, oh, I'm going to reverse Roe v. Wade, especially when that's a hot button issue. And a lot of their constituents are not for that. It's just going to make be a bad look all the way around. I really am curious to see how he's going to sell himself to the senators this week. I'm really curious on how he's going to sell himself to the hearing because all this, he has the votes. I'm just curious on how he's going to sell it. The other funny thing about this is the amount of pettiness and shade that is being displayed here amongst the Republicans and Democrats. The Democrats already don't want to confirm him, just his stance on Obamacare and stance on Roe v. Wade and a lot of other issues. But I just find it funny because 
It doesn't matter whether or not you have the votes or not. You all don't have power. So unless you go ahead and try to convince the finicky Republicans, you all have no power. And I find it so funny. It's so like astonishing that you all are talking like you have power and it's not even a confirmation that you'll get the power in November. It really isn't. So I'm just, I'm very, I'm very curious on how this is going to play out. I find it funny that they're just being petty, but I also get why they're being petty because the Republicans blocked their nomination back in 2016 so they're just doing a tit for tat thing the only thing is the republicans had the votes to block obama's pick you all don't so i just find it like what are you doing the best thing that you could do is to rally up your constituents to vote in november but that's neither here nor there i just find it so like entertaining to see that everybody's just being petty it's interesting it's not even interesting it's hilarious to see mitch mcconnell talk about the democrats it's interesting to see chuck schumer talk about the republicans it's just a comedy fest and shit show and this is our government people the one thing that's in the democrats favor right now is the fact that they can talk to their constituents about voting matters and how much it is so important for you all to vote. I said this in the Justice Kennedy um, podcast that this is what happens when you do not take your government seriously because now all three branches of government is controlled by one party. So they have that point to drive home the importance of going in your communities paying attention to politics, paying attention to, hey, if this matters to you, do something. So I'm very curious on what they're trying to do and how they're going to go about doing this because you only got a few more months to really drive home the fact that people need to go ahead and vote and vote in your favor. I'm curious to see how they're going to monopolize on these last few months for them now if you're still one of those people who still don't give a shit about the supreme court after it's all said and done that's fine but again don't say nothing when the rights that you care about is being stripped away from you faster than Thanos is snapping his freaking thumb i'm just saying don't be so booty hurt about it because this is what happens when you don't care or when you don't give a crap. I'm not saying that you have to be a strong, passionate person, but there are some things that you should give it like a little ounce of care about because this is your livelihood. This is seriously your livelihood. And usually the Supreme Court, you really don't care about, but the overall message the bigger picture of it is we gotta go out and vote and I can't stress this enough especially for people of my generation I don't care if you don't give a crap about who's in office but you should give a crap about you your families you should give a crap about your children the future children or whatever you have you should give a crap about the livelihood of that because whether regardless you like it or not these people pick the laws that 
run our day-to-day lives. So it's important to really be out there, whether or not you are protesting, writing your senators and congresswomen and men, whether or not you are running for office yourself, you should give somewhat of a decent care about it. Especially if you're the type of person who do not like the times that you're living in. Go out there and make a change. If you are the person that happy with the times that you're living in, fine, live your best life. I am not forbidding you from doing so. But if you're the other type, if you're on the other side of the coin, hey, go ahead, vote and make a difference because little things such as not voting has a huge detriment on this and I know I'm preaching to the choir here I know I'm beating it blue and this isn't going to be the last time that I talk about it especially the later that we go into I'm really hoping to have people on the show younger people on the show to talk about voting and talk about how they feel about voting so I know I've been talking for a hot minute and also to preaching and I don't mean to do all that but before I wrap this up I really do want to talk about the fact that the migrant children that are still in detention camps earlier this week or last week I should say a little under half are still in detention camps and haven't been reunited with their parents and I just find that so sad and I find it so depressing and I find it wrong and the administration stated that the reason why they're still not with their parents is because of safety reasons, their parents' deportations, and other issues. So basically, it's bullshit, and you didn't care about the safety of these children before snatching them away from their parents. But that's cool, I guess. And you really see the fact this administration did not have a safety plan or not even a safety plan. They didn't even have a plan set in place to reunite these kids with their parents. They wanted these kids to be in these detention camps forever. And I find that so sad and I find it so wrong, especially when these children are being abused and being tormented in these detention camps. These are not detention camps to keep children. Children are not supposed to be in detention camps. And you wonder why some of you, these kids grow up to be problematic. You wonder why some of these kids grow up to be felons or go into the Department of Corrections because of shit like this. And I'm like, I'm so over this administration and I'm so over the government trying to blame everybody else but themselves. I don't care if they came over legally or illegally. You don't do that to children. The main thing is this administration seriously thought that nobody would care. Nobody would call them out on their bull. Like everybody was just going to turn an eye on the inhumane actions of how they're treating these children i don't feel sorry for the administration on them not figuring out a way and they're whining and complaining that there's a lot of kids you should have thought about that before you took these kids away from their parents you should have thought about the repercussions before you did this whoever thought this was a smart ass idea you're a dumbass. and i don't care if that comes across crude i don't care if this comes across wrong i just find the fact that if we stop talking about it nothing will be done so i'm gonna 
going to do my part and I'm going to keep on talking about it. And I'm going to keep on making this uh, this hurt so people can really understand that this is wrong and you don't do inhumane stuff like this because at the end of the day and like I said before you wouldn't want this to be done to you and this isn't old news so yes I'm gonna keep on talking about it and I just wanted to make this known because it was it's still popping up guys it's still being known and this is part of what I'm talking about about if you want to if you want to be a change do something there needs to be some kind of resolve I don't really give a crap about if this makes the administration have to do extra work get off your ass and do something so at the end of the day fuck you and I hope that you come to a grip to move off your ass to reunite these kids with their parents so I will end it here. I'm sure I talked you all's head off long enough and I'm going to let you go. But let me know your thoughts. I finally created a Gmail account for my podcast. I'm slowly but surely getting there, guys. Like in a minute, y'all could can't tell me nothing. I did a Gmail account. So if you all have thoughts and concerns, email me at civildiligence at gmail.com civil c-i-v-i-l-d-i-l-i-g-n-c-e at gmail.com and follow me on social media i still don't have a social media account for my podcast but we're gonna get there people pray for me but in the meantime you can follow me on facebook and siobhan darling starling and then on Instagram, darling underscore sterling 1922. I have a Snapchat, Chevy 22. You could find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. I am trying to work on trying to expand and get out there. But in the meantime, you can follow me on those platforms. And yeah, so eventually I'll be on this little marketing trip. But until then, follow me on what I just said. And I hope that you all have a wonderful day and a blessed week. Bye people.